welcome to another fine edition of Chopped Greens. I am your host, Philip Amarine, joined across the studio way by the one, the only Gary Boucher. How are you doing today, Gary? I have some pep in my step today. Yes, yes. I it, feel it, great. Is it artificial or is it, uh, you know, caffeinated? Is it sugar or is that a oh, real... It's, it's 100% artificial. Oh, okay. It'll cool. be there for the duration of this podcast. Oh, and I might crash on the way home. I'm just kidding. Yes. Well, kinda. there's one thing to uh, <laughs> notice about this is that the facial hair is prime on you and the facial hair <laughs> is prime in our main protagonist and, well... Protagonist? I guess that yeah. that's a strong word. Okay. No, he's a protagonist. Yeah, main protagonist. That is definitely a mustache. I'll tell you that. Yeah. At the end there. <laughs> in the in the film. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In the film, uh, the White Tiger. Of course, uh, Netflix's uh, new one of their newest releases on January twenty second. They released uh, nationwide the White Tiger. Uh, let's see. You know what? I. I I feel comfortable in giving out the character names. Mm. And. I will. Do I muddy through the the actors who play them? Not too bad. I think yeah. So you have a, right. a, a Darsh Gurav playing the main character Balram, Priyanka Chopra who is what, like the Pinky uh, Madam playing Pinky who is I think like the most famous Bollywood actress if not like one of the oh yeah the and few most yeah and uh, fun fact uh, Nick Jonas has the opportunity to be married to her. I well, know. not the opportunity. Well, he, he is. He is. <laughs> yeah. He he took the opportunity. Right? He's, he. Went down on bended to do that, and then uh, Ashok, played by uh, Raj Kumar Rao, and that is, that kind of rounds out the, the main, the big three. Yeah, the big three of the movie, and then um, a strong but almost inconsequential supporting cast. It's really about those three. Yeah, the main three, and then even even with that, Priyanka. I guess the mongoose. Yeah, well, possibly, but I, I I'd say even then, Priyanka. Uh, even then, kind of subsides into the to the ether of the rest of the story. But she is an important yeah. uh, part within this uh, this narrative, based okay. on a book. Yes, a based best-selling on a book. book that I haven't heard of, unfortunately. I, yeah, I know. I hadn't heard of it either. I thought about buying it after watching this film. Yeah. It's certainly certainly an epic, certainly an ode. And I honestly wonder. Um, and I I don't know where to put this in, so I think I'll say it now. Did it feel like a TV show, like a mini series TV show uh, feel to it? Just with those weird fadeaways, uh, like those cuts uh, that happened somewhat or inorganically throughout the entire film's runtime. That there's interesting like filmmaking choices for sure, which we'll talk about, which I actually admire because I, it's it's sort of like a Forrest Gump, Benjamin Button e type movie where Wall, someone is Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, like, someone is yeah. narrating, you know, over the course of the movie, and you know that we're going to end up somewhere, and we're seeing a, a, this a long form of this person's life. But it, the, the filmmaking isn't boring, like you said. There are some really interesting choices where, like, once or twice, someone looks directly at the camera and addresses it, but that's not a device that's used frequently throughout the film. Not like in you know, Bombshell or, you know, some of the other movies we've been talking about. Um, and there's some interesting transitions as well, which kind of catch you off guard. But one of the positives of this movie, I think that it's, it's it has fun, even though it's pretty dark and tragic. It's actually kind of fun to watch. And I, the transitions, like the filmmaking choices are part of that. You know, when oh, yeah. he has his little um, dream sequences and people look at the camera and talk to him, stuff like that. There are a lot of, uh, I think that that's probably as good as any place to start the cinematography on this is certainly bold. It's certainly, um, in your face and it works 
in adds to the style of the film or the, the yeah. tone that it's trying to set uh, yeah. with the dark humor that that, resi- that resides throughout the entirety of the film, whether it be uh, the, the fervent pace until it's not uh, of yeah. the entire film. It's, it's great. It's great camera work. For, and, yeah. and it knows how to use a lot of tools. I, I'd say probably the biggest ode to the film was using the camera work to make the audience feel an emotion when the when they told him about yes about the, what, the, what he must have guy yes. i was gonna say that i mean it felt so uncomfortable mm. uncomfortably close but it, that was the point if you have a good actor which they have a terrific actor and they can pull off just the subtle little facial tics this, yes of him digesting that information that it was fantastic and yeah to, to your point um camera work was fantastic but what i thought was the best part about it was that you did notice some of the transitions, but you didn't really notice like the cinematography. It doesn't have any like iconic shots, like in Skyfall, the two guys fighting in a silhouette or some really cool one shot. It's just like they they compose the frames really really well, but it doesn't feel like look at this amazing shot. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. And it's certainly not landscape. I mean, there there are moments yeah. where I don't know they they were doing uh, this. Look at that religious uh, look at that religious <laughs> site over there, yeah. and it, and it shows it, but it doesn't dwell on really any uh, scene scenery, which I personally can appreciate because yeah. I, I I know Netflix certainly has a a tendency to do that with with all of their pure originals, where it's uh, the old guard comes to mind, where it's there's a lot of landscaping and yeah. drone work where you're just Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Let's set. Let's let set the the scenery. I, I suppose. Yeah. This one doesn't necessarily have that. And in fairness to it, it it a lot of the times it's not working in beautiful environments and that you would want to explore or, or that merit being discussed. A lot of the times you're just in a marketplace. A lot of the times you're in his uh, original village. A lot of the times you're just in a hotel room and that's the only beauty found in this world. Yeah. Or uh, mainly in his car, which they, they do a yes. really good job of making the car a, almost a character. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. That it's, that's certain uh, to, to, uh, to be noted. Um, so, so cinematography is certainly an aid of a tool in this film, which can't always be said. Sometimes it just is used to capture what's going on in film. This one, in this moment, in this movie, it's used as a tool to add yeah. on to what we already, uh, a, a tool to add on for emotions for us, the viewer. Um, you know what? The, um, I, I, I think the next part we, we should tackle is probably the acting because I think that we're going to yeah. get stuck on this story for a little while and a lot of the... the I was going to say, the, do we want to give a, a quick little okay, intro? Okay. Just, uh, I mean, it's give really a, give simply... Give an overview. You're the best yeah. at this. Well, it's just... It's a rags to riches story about a poor kid from India who works his way up um, into being a driver for a rich family and you know where we're going. At the beginning, he's writing a letter to the Chinese president about being an entrepreneur in India. So it's basically filling in the in-between exactly. about how he rose up to the ranks. Exactly, um, and yeah, that's it's pr- pretty straightforward story. Um, I would say I, I'll work in reverse order here of uh, of our big three. Priyanka Chopra does a great job in her. Uh, actually, you know what? I I'm not even going to just limit it to her. All three of our main characters, fantastic job, tremendous job. I'd say that Balram uh, Adarsh Gurav, uh, 
gives us an outstanding performance. Oh, this guy's going to have a great career. <laughs> he was so outstanding good. Outstanding performance. Yeah. Uh, there were so many small social tics uh, and nuances that he alone brought to the role that really uh, showcased the duality mm-hmm. and the complete arc that this character needed to endure yeah. uh, in order to justify his... The, there's uh, almost no subplots in this movie. Like Most movies will have a... a another character who can carry a lot of scenes by themselves and the the other actors are strong but this actor Adarsh Gurav he is essentially Bala. almost in every shot it feels like and yeah. does so, I mean I, that's such a burden to have on actors I mean there are people who have won best actor for doing way less work than this guy did yeah. I mean narrating narrating being in every scene and his face I mean that the face acting is so hard for people um it's and you know the character has a really big tragic interesting fun arc and he portrays it so well to a T and then to your point the other two actors do a, a fantastic job of being likable and the most hateable characters at this, in at the entire same movie time. yeah in a lot of time because you you have to have that in the roles that they were assigned where it's these characters who have everything and yet do nothing with it. So yeah. so you find out that the master masterhood and the the caste system that they are that they are subject subjected to, all of them really, uh, is broken in multiple ways. And and we see that with the Western ideologies brought forth by the other two, by Ashokan and uh, and Pinky Madam, because well whereas one, Ashok is is somewhat baptized in the Western ideologies of, oh, this is wrong. And he's, you can see that there's certainly an outside influence being nurtured by, uh, by Pinky Madam, um, by Pink, I guess Miss Pinky. I'll, I'll, I'll just go with that. Cause that's fun. Uh, but Miss, <laughs> Miss Pinky, uh, yeah. you can see that that's being nurtured by there. Who's somebody who was raised with those Western ideals now being brought to India and yet, so not caring about the customs and traditions. Yet when it comes down to it, We'll certainly they're benefit still, from it. They're still rich a-holes. We'll, yeah, we'll certainly <laughs> like, benefit from, you know. from the, the, the environment that exists. Yeah. And while her there comes a breaking point within her character where she breaks and sees just how much is wrong and realizes that even in spite of what has been done, what has been asked of Balram's sacrifice and what he not even asked, demanded, known to be. I mean, it's so prevalent and everything, but yet at the same time, not not force fed through script and words necessarily. It, it, there is some, it, it guides you a little bit there. What, what's your, what's your grandma's name? Sorry. <laughs> See, it's a, it's an ecstatic moment. It's an energetic <laughs> moment. Um, but they say, well, what's your grandma's name? Uh, what's your, uh, your family? Yeah. Well, uh, I can't remember. That's right. Yes. They are. You're and your, and your, uh, your grandma, she would love to testify on your behalf that you were there. It, it's uh it's, it's a little, a, a, a subtle hint on the nose, but it's it's enough to yeah. merit not being disgustingly just like here's your porridge, eat it, eat it, eat it, eat it. Yeah. Um. Uh. Miss Pinky is uh, portrayal is is great. Ashok's yeah. uh, journey himself. He he. They both uh, Balram and Ashok uh, both play opposite sides of the coin. Really, one comes from one, one goes to the other. The only difference being is that uh, Ashok sympathizes and becomes a sympathetic character to be the dark entity that eventually Balram has to engulf to become 
his true form of the the white tiger. Yeah. I, I think I guess it's important to add, I guess, with the, the story element, with these characters, they are, the, the story wrestles with, you know, social injustice, but especially social injustice in India, which is something I'm not yeah, entirely th- familiar with. I did some This story isn't, some reading isn't on completely it. new in the sense of what it overarching yeah. is, but, but the it's a intricacies, first for me to see it was yeah. set within India. Because it's about... The, the servant-master relationship. Obviously, there's no quote-unquote slaves, but India has a, a caste system, and th- this guy's dream is to be a servant. And the big thing in the movie, like he says, do we servants you know, love our masters under a, a blanket of loathing, or do we actually loathe our masters under like a, a, a facade of love? And it toys with that idea with how the other characters treat Balram, and what he eventually turns into, and um, Ashok is, and and Pinky are the embodiment of that. Because really, whenever it's convenient for them, they can be like the nicest, best people in the world, treat them like friends and family. Or if they're not, if they just don't feel like it, they can literally kick him in the face and be like, "Get the heck out of here!" You, Your physical abuse is, yeah, yeah, physical abuse is is just oh, they love it. Yeah, I love it. It's and, and they've got two physically attractive, charismatic actors, and every time they do something mean, it's like really, really shocking, oh, yeah. um, and it really, really hurts you as much as it hurts Balram. Like it, you feel it in your heart as the audience. And those two actors do a great job of of symbolizing everything that is wrong with uh, rich social injustice, especially in uh, in India, I guess. So to work on, let's transition to the story. Uh, I thought it was a weird tool. To have the narration. Have the letter, yeah. Ha- because it, it didn't work for, because it was two different reasons. For one, at first, the open narration, okay, that's it's a, it's a weird tool and normally needed and necessary for a lot of these uh, translated from a book element or from a play even, because if they incorporate that element from a third mind, a third eye, a lot of the times you're not able to see the subtleties within the character's mind that is so important and integral towards adding, stoking the fire of a mental uh, aspect of a character that you are so vested in and that you need to be vested in in order to garnish interest for the rest of the for the rest of the uh, film. So I, I understood the the advancement and the use of it, but at the same time they they switched narration styles. Right in the beginning, where at first it was a narration to the audience, and then it, at some point, I I knew that we had switched, but I didn't know when we switched. We moved forward from narration to the audience, from narration to composing an Did email he, chain. Yeah, uh, he's, to, he, he's to, emailing the, the president of China, right? The, the then pre- Because yeah. he, he wants to show him his journey to being an entrepreneur, because he, he admires like what... China is is doing. I um yeah. I, when I think of the the, the narration in the movie, it's like ninety nine point nine percent. Like it uses the letter as a plot device, which of course the letter that he's sending the Chinese president would like never be an actual letter that anybody would write because he's confessing to murder and all this stuff. But I I think it's it, it's a nice plot device you know when when you go to a fancy schmancy writery classes they tell you like to never ever ever use narration right it's it's campy and it almost never works unless you really know what you're doing i think that they know what they're doing and this to me falls into the traditional not family drama but very wide appealing drama movie i mentioned forrest gump before obviously won't go down as legendary but a movie like that or big fish or something where 
there you follow one character's journey. They have all these ups and downs, and there is a grounded point of narration that you're starting from, and it immediately creates an invitation of this is going to be a traditional story in that sense, if that makes any sense. Yes. Yes, it does. Um, again, I just... It's like it, a once upon a time type thing, I, you know? Yeah, no, I, again, like I said, I understood the technique, I should say, of the narration and even the choice. I, I get it. It just, uh, it, there was a weird transition. I felt like if we were going to go the the letter model, I would have preferred to go the letter model for the entirety of the film. Did they not, though? I, I'm actually, I thought they did. Maybe you're right. I'm having a hard time remembering. I just, I'm like, oh, he's writing a letter. At, at first, at first, when they first open up the scene, it was um, a discussion, I believe, um, of what, you know, what, what, uh, what his name is and what everything is. And then there's that scene where he finally sits down and works on his emails and says deer whatever Mm -hmm. so once you i thought that once you start the deer that that would start it um again yeah we can we can go back and forth on whatever um if we assume that there was a discussion to be had between between the narrator and through it was through email with the then president of china then i guess it's fine but for myself, I just I just didn't enjoy that aspect of it. Um, that that there was that that switch really. Yeah. Um, is uh, a lot of visceral imagery was used to make the the point. Uh, we we see that the chicken coop was indeed uh, just a great visual image. Obviously, they hammered that analogy home throughout. It was yeah. brought up. It was referred. And actually, that's the case for a lot of analogies within this film. Whether or not you're seeing him constantly baby that car, whether or not you're seeing the car then being used as a tool of exploitation, and it's right there. The chicken coop, however, is probably the most visceral of all images because it's unapologetically vicious. Yeah. It's, it's you see the carcasses of the of the chickens. You see the chickens looking down upon while while the brutality is there, and it serves as an as an analogy going forward of what everybody subscribes to within the system that India is is indebted within. Yeah. I I don't know how entirely I don't want to say accurate it is cuz I I was reading I was like I wanted to know what like people in India thought about this movie and Lots of people connected with parts of it. Some people didn't like the rooster coop analogy. Some people did. Um, so I, I guess I'm not going to comment on the accuracy of it. But with its use in the movie, definitely powerful. And the analogy with what they're trying to tell in the movie absolutely pays off. You know what I think I loved was the subtlety of language in this film. Meaning, it's mostly English. It's probably, what, 80% English, 70% English, somewhere in there. I th- I, it might be closer to 60-40, like English and, and Hindi. Maybe. I, I, it's it's nice, though, because it's, it's not specifically a foreign language film, but it's definitely not a, uh, an English film. Correct, correct. Yeah. But what I loved is that there was even a difference between when they used Hindi to when they used American. Whenever he was in a situation... That he was among commoners, whenever he was among other low castes, he used Hindi to to, to yeah. speak to communicate. It's that like was code his switching, yeah, exactly, exactly. And any time he was in in proper circles, the the higher up level of society, it was English, English throughout, and English 
in in yeah. necessitated to be. That was such a smart movie tool. Again, we're talking about a lot of smart movie tools that are found within this film that I really enjoyed and were used quite effectively. I I just I I really appreciated it and I think it added to the momentum that the story had, much like a silent film where you need a lot of tools in order to successfully yeah. tell a story. This was just the perfect marriage of both, where obviously you're getting a narration to kind of help those who, who need the help to be explained what's going on. Yeah. But at the same time, there are tools there to help usher you forward and get into the right mindset of whatever the scene is, whatever yeah. the story is. And it hits consistently. And it's a good re- repeti- re- repetitive notion of the story. And, and, and that all rests on the laurels of our main actor and how he delivers it and how he digests everybody mm. speaking to him. You mentioned momentum, which is a really interesting word with this movie because my main, I don't know, I, even if I want to say problem or observation about the movie is when you have a movie like this and it's somebody's life and we're, and we're going kind of boom, 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 boom. Once again, I'll use the fourth cup analogy because he, Forrest does so many cool different things. Like in this movie, we don't really get to like hang in the moment enough. Uh, for example, you know, we are moving right along, you know, when he kind of screws over the number one servant who yes. he, he exposes for being Muslim or his first experience doing X thing, his first experience doing this or this or this. These are all great moments. But because the movie is a really long winding movie, we kind of just have to skate through, which I understand. But I feel like you don't really get the full impact of anything until the I guess you could say the midpoint when they ask him to take the fall but otherwise everything until then is oh, kind of like I, I would balk at saying ask but yes <laughs> force him to take the fall right um, and it's it's just kind of one thing after another after another after another and it's all very interesting and engaging but I was like wow we didn't get a chance to like mm-hmm. live in that moment which is I guess okay but because the movie kind of needs you to move along but it does you know leave a hole for an opportunity um, and, and you really only get to feel with him the most when it turns really dark after that. Um, I also thought that after Pinky left, you know, because the most engaging part of the movie, there's two parts. The the midpoint where they force him to take the fall for killing the person, Mm -hmm. and at the end when he comes and Spoiler alert to anybody who's been listening. Right, right. He, if you don't know by now, yeah. Chopped Greens, you should watch the film yeah. before watch this coming movie. to listen to the podcast. Just because of spoiler alerts, it's almost impossible to do a full review, full yeah. synopsis without it. But in case you somehow missed that me- message and you've gone through this entire entire thing and don't want something major spoiled yeah. that might uh, take away from your enjoyment of the movie... Give it a stop. Give it. Give. Uh, just put this on pause. Don't go to another podcast. Just put this on pause. We'll come back to Watch us. Watch it. And, put and, those headphones right back in. Yes, yes. <laughs> Two hours and 15 minutes. Come back to us. Yes. And now go, Gary. At the end, when he kills Ashok, those are the two most powerful moments in the film. But I felt like in the second half, after Pinky leaves, the momentum in the movie has to be like rebooted. Because you're in like a whole different story now where it's just Balram and Ashok. And then you have the tension building where he starts to gradually more and more and more and more hate Balram to the point where he wants to kill him. That's like another 45 minutes of the movie. It's almost like a different movie. Like I said, kids, traditionally, you know, your, your momentum goes like this. I'm making an upward point with my hand to the listener, you yeah. know. But trajectory. the movie has two climaxes. There's one, they kill the person, then it goes way back down. And then one, he kills Balram. And... 
I wasn't like disengaged in the second half, but the pacing really changes after Pinky leaves. It, it slows down. It hits a hard reboot because then that's really the turning point for Belram as a character. You know, he starts to become dark, um, and it's a great new little arc. But I didn't love the fact that I have felt like my momentum had to be rebooted. To your point of there being a, a different form of Balram in the second half and, and how the story itself transitions from one to another, I like that there is foreshadowing of that in the beginning. Which is great. And that's, that's the one thing that keeps you engaged is you're like, okay, how are we going to get there now? Mm-hmm. Even though it's slower. Because we see Balram, even in his letter, even in his narrations, that, oh... The, uh, through the example of him getting the other driver fired, we see that this is not always going to be a trustworthy narrator. Yeah. Because obviously what we see on screen versus what we hear uh, from the narration are two different things at that specific point. So it always harkens back in your mind to note that what we hear, while is important, is not always true to the story where he he says to the other driver or he says about the other driver I'm or about the other driver to the president of China he says I'm sorry to have told you this uh, but uh, I did something I would regret and that I would not do again yet he holds no remorse in the moment of seeing the yeah. the other dri- the other driver leave uh, and vacate even after him saying I please sir I have a family there are other options he could have take but no it's to take out the competition and it's ruthless and it's societal and even in spite of that what does he do he just eats pawn and and eats and and just moves along moves along yeah. in the story so we have at least that to see that he is capable of something of being cruel and merciless himself not just the facade or mask that he wears in front of his masters well and that i mean that's why this movie is gonna go down with parasite maybe not as nobly but it's part of the new wave of the eat the rich movies oh yeah where a character does something really really bad to their rich overlords but you're like man more power to you (laughs) i totally get it and honestly with my critique, it still works because they do a great job of showing this tragic, really interesting arc of that character. But I, as a viewer, like my internal clock has to get reset with the momentum. Mm-hmm. And I get why it has to happen, but maybe there's just a better way to make it a little bit faster at the second half. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I do think, though, that it was appropriate um, just yeah. in the sense of we, when what we see in the first act is, is Balram's undying love. An affection, I and I, I, I took it as genuine in the first half, in the first act. It is, even though he is ruthless, because he doesn't know any better. He doesn't know any better, <laughs> yeah. and he's ruthless. Beautiful, but, but it's still to the service and to be of service to the masters at that point. And his love for Ashok is the is the the stranglehold and the foundation yeah. upon which that that his rise in power is. That he only wants to rise above his current station of of in the of of within the the tribe that he yeah. he resided from, and then be at the top of the household that the first driver was. Even saying he would outpray him, something as ludicrous as that, it, taking yeah. that even to the next level. I think, I think that. Without that, without that love story that we have in the first half, that's what's needed to have uh, that because of that presence there, which is so genuine and forceful in the first half, 
the second half needs a reason for which to turn on the dime oh, to totally motivate does. him yeah. enough to to kill. So while I can understand your non-appreciativeness of of the the momentum, I still would say that I was engaged throughout. I would yeah. still say that I and it's 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 necessary. And I held interest throughout. Like this guy has this actor. I cannot lo- like lump enough praise. On the main actor, yeah. Adarsh Gurav, because he's got the he's sweetest. He's mustached, most- and he's even throwing out <laughs> expressions like left and right. His um, his, his smile, God. his the entire first hour of the movie, his smile is the most like top five most infectious movie smile ever. And then when it turns into a dark, sinister smile, um, the, it's just a metaphor for the entire movie. And yeah, like it, once you have that change in the second half, and he becomes Darth Balram. Uh, <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely necessary. Um, and then he reaches this happy medium at the end. Well, uh, he has a great last little monologue. I, I would say I don't know that it's that, all that happy because I think yeah. that what we saw was this ascendance from in the beginning. What was the we were we were introduced to the idea of the white tiger. It's the good and the noble thought and the pure symbol of how you can rise above your station. Is it and, pure or is it just rare? Well, it's an idea. Well, exactly. Yeah. But at first, it's an ideology <laughs> yeah. of of innocence and of purity. And that purity of the white tiger turns into this savagery that we that we finally get to by the end. But uh, through that journey, we find that the white tiger analogy becomes warped where Balram is his 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 being a new master is purely is is set in a foundation of murder so it's not good and then he we see oh the way to rise beyond your station it's no longer just politics it's no longer to just be the leader of india it's to be a better master it's to be yeah. uh, the the way to rise through it is crime <laughs> you can rise through it through t- now two ways yeah. crime or politics and uh, yeah. obviously he chose his fate which was one of the main th- things I, I was reading these interviews that NPR did with um, prominent Indian journalists and people who they knew who kind of rose out of poverty a lot of them said that they just didn't like the representation of the only the, of the only way to do it was politics or crime. Though a lot of people were like, yeah, being poor in India, they do a really good job of representing what that's like in the awkward situations that the caste system is still really prevalent, and there's like a lot of resentment there. But um, the movie is a is a tragedy, dark crime story. Yeah, he rises through through crime with uh, with dark humor involved as well. Dark humor, uh, yeah, it's it's, it's funny. it should be noted. Yeah, I, <laughs> funny I, movie. I I don't know that we ever actually noted that, but it should be noted that it's genuinely funny. It's genuine and it's genuinely fun. Organically it's funny. It's like it's a it's a really fun ride, you know. Um really and I we we talked about the filmmaking, the acting, the story, the pacing. Everything comes together to make a movie and I think that this rests on the laurels of the director. Let me pull up his name here. Uh Ramin Barani. Yes. Um he pulls no punches with his choices and I think 90% of the time it pays off because I'm like dang this is this director is having such a fun time and he, he wrote the script too you know he's got the characters talking to the camera the dream sequences the things that we don't know if they're real or not the close-ups the, the faraways you know all that the only thing well I, I say the only thing but really it's the only subject of which I might have some disdain for the film is 
<laughs> he didn't just choose one way to tell the story. He he used them all. And I, I would say yeah. that that somewhat waters down the story for me. I He not only does a back and forth storytelling, he also includes a narrator. He also includes a lot of foreshadowing and a lot of analogies. And it's really, it's, it's really good, but it's, it's all are really well in there. And I think that, that he could have done more, especially since he showed... Uh, a technique of using all the different ways of which to tell a story without actually just spoon feeding it to you. Yeah. Since he showed that, I think that's partly why I'm okay with, with the film on mass, but I, I would just say, I wish that they had just either not done a narrator or not shown the ultimate ending because we know I, I was expecting something to go beyond him in his Darth form. I was expecting yeah. <laughs> maybe him to finally pay for his for his crime at the end or I don't know. I didn't know what I expected, but I expected it to go beyond there. And truly, all it did was just show us the end. And I, I didn't necessarily enjoy that. that. Go ahead. The, the one actually the biggest negative of the movie for me is like the last five minutes because mm. there's an amazing moment where he kills Ashok. Yeah. And he has to escape the even, town. Even the, the dialogue in there is great. Is I see nothing great. wrong with the tire. You should have had a re, you should have replaced it a long time ago. Yeah. It's it's fantastic. It's in the rain. We love it. He screams in the car. Great moment. And then he gets his nephew and he escapes. I think the movie should not not be over right then, but then it's like five minutes of exposition. And then I did this, 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 and here I am. And it's like, it's like stilted almost. You know what I mean? It kind of took me out of it. I was like, okay, wait, this, our momentum again, it's like, I, I just tell me quickly where he is now, what he's doing. It's it's It was weird to I, have them unravel it like let that. Me, let me give you this. Let yeah. me give you this. Had we transitioned out of the narration the moment he meets the minister, or the, the, the I think it's the prime minister. I don't think it's the president. I think it's the, or I don't know what it is. The guy, the main guy from China, of which who the, all the letters and the emails are for. Yeah. Had the narration stopped right there and we had seen, and he didn't talk anymore and we just saw like a, a still shot of him closing the laptop walking out getting uh getting yeah. talking to his driver you don't have to tell us what he's doing just show us that he has drivers exactly show don't tell exactly and we're like oh you see he's turned the tables he uh, now he owns the drivers you know what i mean you don't have to be like and now i am repaying it's, the favor i am doing this exactly. you can show that all through 30 seconds of action instead of narrating i was like uh, why? But I, I did like his last 10 second monologue where he talks about having the nightmare and waking up and realizing that, no, you did kill your master and it's great. But otherwise, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. So that, I think I'm absolutely right. Yeah, I, I think we're, <laughs> I, is it crazy? I think we're both absolutely right. Yes. Uh, so we, we will, uh, I think that we both just think we should have, they should have cut down on all the story technique abilities and, yeah. and to thoroughly Especially like to throw that all at the end. Yeah. To, to flesh right out at the everything. End. I think that yeah. having seen his, his ultimate, uh, you know, evolution made it available to the, the viewer to not have to babysit them throughout the entirety of the film. So yeah, that's my only bulk. Uh, okay. Out of, out, <laughs> out of five curled toes. 
Five curled burning toes, Gary. Mm. How many are standing up, resisting let your me, your place in life? Let me say, I haven't watched a movie like this in a long time. When I say like this, I'll reference again, like those classic narrated dramas that are long winding, which are stories that I really like. It's like, I feel like I'm reading a book. And of course, it's based on a book. You know, we're going one thing to the other to the other. I genuinely really liked the movie. Um, it's not going to go down as a legendary movie. So I'm teetering, like you were last week, between a three and a half and a four. Three and a half curl toes and four. And I think... So one toe needs to pop? <laughs> you know what? Because of this actor, yeah. who was so good in yeah. every single scene, I'll give it a four curl toes out of five. I know you're going to think I'm crazy. Yeah. You're going to get a five? I'm giving it five toes. All I, right. I would rewatch this story. It's not crazy. The the main acting is tremendous. Yeah. I, I love that even though I've seen this story before, it feels new to me and it's in a scene and setting that I have yet to have seen. I like that it bulks at the traditions upon which yeah. it's set upon with other Bollywood films, but at the same time it knows that it's a film about bulking tradition. So yeah. therefore it, it takes note of it and it's very it's very macro perspective in that regard. So definitely Oscar baity, which isn't a bad thing. Sometimes Oscar bait is bad. This is good Oscar bait. No, this is you know? this is very much. I was I've been thinking about it all night. I watched it last night. I have. That's been a good thinking. point. It does. Yeah, it'll. It'll yeah. it'll uh, stoke the fire there. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna give it five out of five. This was nice because you told me about this movie. I had no idea what it was. Never seen a trailer. I went in totally blind, which is always great when a movie is really good when you don't yeah. know anything about it. Now that you've seen it, here's a hint for you. Now now that you've seen it, go watch the trailer. That's the that's another really? bad element. For oh me. really? It shows everything. <laughs> it shows oh, everything. Unfortunately, we, yeah. We hate that at Chop Greens. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's my one uh, sin that, yeah. that it cannot get over. But that doesn't hurt the movie because if you're going blind, five out of five. Yes. All right. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to listen to the accompanying Give Me Five. Give we, me five. We've got some great questions. I know I do. Gary, how do you feel about your Give Me Five uh, for tomorrow? It's a fun one. It's a fun one. I think okay. it's fun. Okay, cool. So, so listen for fun. Okay, people? Listen yeah. for fun. And uh, give us a like and continue to subscribe to all of our episodes. Make sure that you listen to tomorrow's episode on Spotify, Apple Music, Google, uh, Google Podcasts, I, I, everything but Pandora. I'd, fudge you, Pandora. Fudge you. <laughs> My God. Yeah, we, we, that's the only one that we, we disdain. And just remember, everybody, break out of the coop. 